We gotta get Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? You, are you playing here? We're doing the, uh, the Normo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, big house. place. That's out. Out. Very That's a big nice. place. You sold oh, so it out. Like I'll see. You really, really should. Look, you better get up there before you panic. Those pens are loose. You're very good. I have really enjoyed having them with you. We'll make it. I don't think so. But we shall continue with style. Bad weather. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Enorma Cast. It is October 15th, about 9.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And on today's show, I sit down and talk with climbing fanatic, future author, and modern stone master, James Lucas. This is the third in my series that um, I guess I'll call the Roadway In Trilogy. I recorded these back in July, actually, at the Roadway Inn in Salt Lake City. And so this is number three in that series with uh, Brendan Leonard and Randy Levitt. And now James Lucas. He'll feel wonderful in that company, I think. It's a bit of a freeform chat, as James is a pretty unique character, um, but he embodies a certain joy and a reverence about climbing that, personally, I find really inspiring. I always love running into him out on the road. He gets around, and I was really psyched that he wanted to sit down and have a talk in between whatever it is that we do when we're at the trade show, the Outdoor Retailer Trade Show in Salt Lake City. Maybe next year I'll do a show just about that, the seedy underbelly, as Climbing girls and guys hoping for that elusive sponsorship. Do unspeakable things in back booths and hotel rooms just to get a little free Gore-Tex on their backs. But real quick, I'd like to thank everyone for the responses that I got to the listener mail episode, which was episode 20. Uh, Many of the folks featured on the episode got back to me, which was pretty cool. And most of them, I think, were kind of stoked to hear their letter get shouted out. Um... Just a couple of quick updates. Gillian, who uh, listened to the Enorma cast to help her get through her breakup, will not be moving to Carbondale to date Steve Denny, despite our invitation. At least she's not moving here yet, but I think it's still on the horizon. So we're going to keep our fingers crossed. And Lucas, the super fast speed climber, is going to be studying in France next year, where I think uh, the saucisson and the baguettes and the cheese and lovely French ladies will probably slow him down a little bit. So we'll look forward to hearing from those guys in the future. Um, I've also received several more handwritten actual letters, which is a really nice treat. So keep the cor- correspondence coming because I always love getting it. And uh, I'm still able to respond to just about everything I get as long as I just don't forget and it gets buried. Also, stop by normalcast.com and click on the Help Out tab to see some other ways to promote the show, including donating a few bucks if you are so inclined. Also, remember our sponsor, divinebean.com. You can get a discount on fresh roasted coffee by entering a Normo in the coupon code at checkout. And uh, the Normacast gets a few bucks and a little coffee out of that as well. Again, that's defiantbean.com. Enter Normo at checkout. Anyway, that's the quick and dirty intro to this one. Let's get on to my conversation with California climber James Lucas. 
John Long said, in many ways, James is an incarnation of the Stone Masters of old. Really? Really. Is that your thing? Here. Get oh, no. Checking levels. I thought it was pretty... It's just a nice quote. It makes me sound really badass. And actually, uh, I talked a lot with a, a backer. We, we became good friends before he died. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he got in a car wreck coming out to the OR show a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, I know. And he broke his neck, and because I'd had like similar trauma, and uh, he was like, one time he wrote to me, and he was like, "James, you're one of my heroes." Really? Yeah. All right. Yeah, and that was fucking badass. So you're that guy. You you've got John Long talking about you being a stone master, mm-hmm. like reincarnated stone yeah. master. You're John, John Backer's hero. Uh huh. And also in the, in the most recent <laughs> recent uh, Honold movie from Sender Films, you're uh, one of two other people. Yeah, yeah. I actually so they were I was there that day, mm-hmm. but uh, instead of like hanging out and going and seeing all the filming and stuff, I was like, I'm gonna go climbing. Mm-hmm. Have fun, Alex. So that's his current claim to fame is in, in the movie that Alex Honold we just screened last night. Is, does it have a name yet? Oh, Honold 3.0. Oh. Right? Is that yeah, what it's going to be called? Yeah, I thought it was the biggest douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably Honold 3.0. <laughs> so he says in the movie that you... What does he say? Uh, I lived in this house with my girlfriend and two other people. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and I heard a little squeak in the crowd because that was you. Yeah. You're like, was I was that one of those other people. Yeah. I actually got the apartment. Okay. Yeah. It was now, like. Why the- did you guys all have jackets on? Was there no heat? Yeah, no heat. Okay. <laughs> we lived in. Like, you wouldn't expect that a place the size of Bishop had a barrio, but it did. Oh, it no. I'm, like, I'm completely aware of oh, the yeah, Bishop it, barrio. It was crazy because the downstairs neighbors, every Wednesday night, would have uh, these Pentecostal Christian meetings mm-hmm. in in the apartment, and they'd all get together and. The cars would show up and be like, oh, no, they're having another meeting. And then, like, an hour or so later, they would start chanting and, like, screaming really loud in... Doing speaking in tongues. Yeah, they'd be speaking in tongues. But I was never really sure if they were speaking in tongues or if I just didn't know Spanish that well. (laughs) (laughs) It sounded a lot... It sounded a lot like they were speaking in tongues. Right. Uh, well, if they're Pentecostal, uh, if they're Latin, Latino Pentecostals, I'm sure it was some sort of tinged, tinged with Spanish speaking in tongues. Yeah. Uh-huh. Did you ever hang out with those people? No. I stood outside the door once uh-huh. and tried to record them. I was like, oh, really? my God, I'm going to make my own Enormacast. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? How did, did it just not come through? Because I want, I want a piece of that audio. Uh, it came through on my... Uh, on my iPhone, but it it was kind of hard to record because I was like standing outside the window trying not to have him like see me, right? Because I don't know, maybe it wasn't pe- Pentecostal, maybe it was pagan, and they right. were like, you know, sacrifice a virgin. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, uh, and it was really windy <laughs> <laughs> because we were in Bishop in the desert, and so, yeah. That shit's really windy. So tell me about your pie, uh, your pie making uh, career. Oh, so, um, I in like 2004 and 2005, or some, maybe it's 2005. 
Um, was that before or after I climbed the free rider? <laughs> that would <laughs> that have been before. That was probably even if before. I if I did it in 2006 or 2008, which I'm not I'm no longer clear about. It still was before. Yeah, so. I don't know when when did they invent pitons? Because <laughs> didn't you do it before that? <laughs> anyway, so uh, go ahead with your story. Oh yeah, so uh, I got hurt climbing in Joshua Tree, and then. Uh, I didn't have anything to do, so I was like, oh, man, I got to find a new hobby, and uh, there's, there's this girl I liked, and I was like, I'm going to try and impress her. All girls like men who can bake pies. Mm -hmm. That's a truism. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I started baking pies, and then I was like, oh, this is really cool, and I mean, it didn't really work out with the girl, but it worked out with the pies, and I got, like, psyched, and anytime, like, I had some free time from climbing... Uh, I'd start baking pies. Like, I went to Leavenworth a few years ago. And I was living there after I finished school at UCSC. And I was living in Peshastin, just outside of Leavenworth. And there's a ton of orchards and just a lot of fruit there. We, like, lived in this house. Me and a bunch of climbers right behind a pear orchard. And so I started baking pies a lot of fruit pies up there. I went to index and got like some blackberry pot, some blackberries to make a blackberry pie. And, uh, just kind of like, I was like, Oh yeah, I, I had hurt my hand climbing. I like pulled some tendon. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's kind of heinous. Cause I, I couldn't like, I couldn't really use my right hand. And so I couldn't climb for a few months and it like totally killed my sex life. He's going to be here all night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and, then, and so I was just like baking pies a lot. And then l last year, I went to Rifle. Uh, I was hanging out with Hayden Kennedy, and he was like, oh, dude, there's this Carbondale Mount Fair Festival. Like, all these people come. Dude, it's sick. And a few people from Carbondale told me about it. And I researched it online, and I saw that there was a pie baking contest. And I was like, oh, my God, wouldn't it be awesome if I went to Rifle and I sent, like, the NAR and Rifle and I won the pie baking contest? I, I had big dreams. Right. I was ambitious. And so um, I went over to Andrew Bisharat's house one night and uh, I got a couple pounds of butter, a shitload of flour, sugar, cinnamon, nutmeg, some fresh organic lemons, some Granny Smith apples. And I spent a while like peeling the apples and, and making this pie and weaving a perfect lattice. I actually made two pies. Uh, the first one was uh, just a tester. I wanted to ma like, make sure my pie would be good. And <clears throat> then the next morning at 8 o'clock, uh, Andrew gave me a ride over to the wherever they are having the festival. And mm -hmm. I was the first one to uh enter my pie and so i got i got the title of fruit number one and well done yeah i was very excited <laughs> and it, it went okay i mean i'm really glad i entered but i got kind of like schooled by some six-year-old can i say the word bitch yeah yeah okay <laughs> six-year-old bitch from basalt <laughs> <laughs> she's one uh i had to i like looked her up after the pie baking contest <laughs> And apparently she dominates. She's dominates. She's got. She's won uh, around twenty three ribbons in the past fifteen years from this one pie baking contest. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure she's like 
she stuck her fork in someone's pie. I if you bet. know what I mean. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So what did she take like first third or something like yeah, that? Yeah. I think she placed in all the categories in uh-huh. the in the fruit, cream and exotic. And uh and what had you entered? I just, just entered fruit. fruit. Okay. Yeah. I I didn't know that like if you want to win you got to be an all-rounder. Right. You know. That that seems to be Mm-hmm. Like an important thing to be able to do, mm-hmm. being an all-arounder, like not just stick to the fruit, right? But getting on the cream, getting on the, you know, whatever. Are those more difficult place. disciplines? Do you think? Uh, yeah. I mean, is there one that like is is there an analogy we could go to of like, you know, fruit being kind of like a a beginner discipline, or yeah, are the creams harder? Uh. I think it's just different. Right. Yeah. And what involves exotic pie baking? Uh, I don't know. Probably like nuts and raisins <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> coffee beans. and. Did you get any compliments at least? Did anybody did oh, yeah. enjoy your pie? Yeah, yeah. Like everybody was really psyched on my pie. Like, like Andrew and like, I think it was, yeah, a bunch of people at the house ate the pie and they were Was there a lot of um, other... Sort of younger uh, white males entering pies in this contest. Just, just curious. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> you could pay money to like get a plate and try everybody's pie. Uh huh. I'd spend all my money on like a new pair of climbing shoes. So I, I was like, oh well, I know what pies taste like. Right. And it, the thing is, like, I, I actually haven't baked that many pies in the past year. Because I've been like psyched to uh, get skinny, and but it, all, it, all it the, didn't break your like it didn't break your spirit. What not being able to eat pies? No, no, winning, not winning. Oh. Is, is this a result of like? I I was pretty crushed. Yeah, like uh, last year at the OR show, it was I came right after my disappointing loss at the pie baking contest, uh-huh. and uh, I got pretty drunk over at Brittany's house. Brittany Griffith's house, and I started screaming to this, like, 40-year-old lady with gray hair who apparently is some local Salt Lake City climber, and I started going off about the bitch from Basalt <laughs> and how much I hated her, and, like, why couldn't I be r- the real fruit number one? <laughs> that was... Oh, man, I was pretty upset about the whole thing. Right. I wish I had some pull in Carbondale because I might have been able to help you out, but yeah, I, don't, I don't think I have that kind of pull with the with the the baking community there. Are you sure? Yeah, I, I'll look into it. Weren't you like on Will the main stage this year? I was. I yeah, was, but I play. think the music and the pie baking community, it's kind of two separate deals. Oh, so, but cool. uh, come back. Yeah, yeah. You know? maybe come I back and, and do do another pie baking contest. Yeah, that'd be so. cool. Um, I, okay, we're gonna just kind of. Keep running through some stories here. Okay, but let's 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 take it down a notch here. Okay, get serious now. One of my so far most popular and kind of powerful episodes has been with Craig DiMartino, who fell a hundred feet into mm-hmm. some talus mm-hmm. and eventually lost his leg because of it. What do you mean he lost his leg? Like they didn't find it? No. <laughs> <laughs> it bounced into the talus, and yeah, they never saw it again. But you have actually have a similar story. Oh yeah, yeah. You uh-huh. actually also fell a hundred feet. Uh huh. And walked away from it. Uh, 
Yeah, you I'm were not, carried away from uh, it. Yeah, I'm not so sure if you can walk away from that stuff. In December of 2004, I was rock climbing in Joshua Tree National Park. Mm-hmm. I'd taken, uh, I was on winter vacation from UC Santa Cruz. And, you know, I never really liked Joshua Tree. Mm, there's a classic John Long quote where he says, Joshua Tree is the poor man's Patagonia. <laughs> it's windy. It's cold. The... There's really, really small domes. Yeah. I, I've, I've never really liked it, but a lot of my friends have always been like, oh, Joshua Tree, Joshua Tree, it's so great. Right. I and, always say it has the incredibly shrinking cliff syndrome mm-hmm. to where you see something off in the distance and you're like, look at that crack. And then you kind of get closer and then you climb up the sort of boulders beneath it. And by the time you actually get up to the base of it, it's like this 22-foot like splitter, yeah. some some little blob. Yeah. It's got four stars in the guidebook, but you're like, huh. And it ends cool. up being some awkward boulder problem. Right. <laughs> you're like, oh, wow, cool. Yeah, this is just like Patagonia. Just- <laughs> <laughs> so I was there, and uh, it was like, this, it was December 18th. I think it was maybe a Saturday, and it was a really nice day out. So I was kind of like cruising around the campground and, uh, Hidden Valley has like a lot of people do like a solo circuit down there and they go climb the flu, they go climb, uh, the dog legs and stuff like that. And I went and the week before I'd done like overhang bypass on intersection rock. I told like pinch rib, which is like some techie five ten thing. And a bunch of other stuff. And this time I was like, oh, I'm going to go solo then North Overhang, which is on an intersection rock as well. It makes this swooping arc right on the top of this formation, one of the most prominent formations right in the middle of the campground. So I started climbing up it. You go through some 5.7 hand crack. It's really fun. It's like, oh, yeah, I've been out this way. And then I started underclinging out the roof. I pulled over the the roof and got about 10 meters or less from the summit and I just started climbing a little bit wrong I was, was kind of lay backing and then all of a sudden I felt like I lost my balance and I I fell and <clears throat> I was I was like oh my god I'm gonna die I shouldn't scream like, and then I was like, oh, oh, well, I'm going to die. I should scream. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I screamed. And then about like three seconds later, 70 feet. I think that was a good decision, by the yeah, way. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I make good decisions in the heat of the moment. Right, right. Uh-huh. I, I hit this ledge and I was ecstatic. I thought I'd suck it. I was like, I'm invincible. I hit a ledge. And then I promptly rolled off the ledge. And I went 30 feet and hit the ground. And I was so jacked up. The first thing I did was try to stand up. And my ankle was full in half. Um, I'd broken my clavicle. There was blood flowing out of the back of my head. My elbow was sticking out. My neck was broken as well as my back. 
I wasn't in the best shape. And um, these climbers came running up and they're like, oh, you should lie down, you should lie down. I was like, oh, this is so annoying. I just want to go climbing this afternoon. I wonder if I can, like, still top rope Equinox. Um, and so honestly, yeah, yeah. that's what I was thinking. And so I passed out. Let me a flesh wound. I'm good. It's like, <laughs> I was like that guy. Walk it off. I was like the guy in the Monte Python right, skit. Right, yeah. Uh-huh. And the, so I could lay down and then the, the next thing I know, there's this ice skater like skating towards me and he's wearing a sequin suit and he's holding this tray of crackers and he comes up to me and he tries to feed me dinner and it took me like four or five days before I realized the ice skier wasn't real and I was in the ICU in Desert Springs Memorial Hospital and that was like right around Christmas hallucinating an ice skater yeah an ice skater yeah nice yeah i mean i guess there's bare hallucinations but was it a dude yeah (laughs) (laughs) i know (laughs) it's unfortunate i wish i'd been uh, like hallucinating the swedish bikini team like right showing up looking for a tanning boy but sure no my hallucinations aren't that great. Or at least Nancy Kerrigan. Yeah, at least Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan, yeah. But, I mean, like, at the point I was, it felt more like Tanya Harding coming right, after yeah, exactly. me. Like, she'd beat me up. <laughs> that was a good reference from the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Is that when you sent the free rider? <laughs> mm, that was pre. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was pre free rider. Um Yeah, and so... It was part of what inspired me, though. Yeah, yeah. To rise above myself and... Climb the free rider. Yeah. Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding. Exactly. Yeah. I was doing it for Nancy. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So you're in the ICU. Right. So I'm in the ICU and they fuse my back. They put some rods in my elbow. They put some rods in my ankle. They're like, oh, you're fucked up. And uh, I hung out in the ICU for a few weeks. It was a pretty wild experience because all these people were like, oh, God, you fell. Uh, John Long actually came to visit me. Nice. And I was, like, lying in a hospital bed, and all of a sudden this dude walks through the door. I'm like, who the fuck is that? And then, oh, oh, that's John Long. That's, you. at the time, he's, like, one of my heroes of rock climbing, you know? I read the introduction to rock climbing by John Long, Mm -hmm. and... <clears throat> had read all these romantic stories about rock climbing. So you didn't know who, like, you didn't know him at that point? Or no. Or was he your bro? No, he, I didn't know him at who, all. Who talked him into coming and seeing you? He read about it on Super Topo. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. And the, uh... He was <clears throat> like, oh, man. Oh, oh man. man. James. Oh, man. You look like hell. Who? This guy just cratered. He's selling some yabo route. And so... He comes to visit me, and I was like, oh, wow. With all due respect, Mr. Long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I had, like, this notion of rock climbing being, like, this mythic thing. And um, Meeting John, he came in, and he talked to me, and he was just like, oh, yeah, cool, you look messed up. And 
I, w- I was like in a hospital bed and all I wanted to hear were stories about rock climbing. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hear about the equinox. I wanted to hear about, you know, climbing in Yosemite, climbing a, you, the nose in a day or Astro Man with Ron Cowick and just like these classic stories. And he just told me about his wife and family. And, <laughs> and I mean, it's hard to not say I w- wasn't like, I was pretty disappointed. <laughs> be, but <laughs> be it John Long. <laughs> Jeopardy's coming on. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was good because it, it made me realize, you know, that John Long, the Stone Masters, a lot of like great rock climbers, there's n- nothing really unique about them. They're, they're just regular people. And I was like, oh, well, if this guy can do it, like this regular dude can do all that stuff, why can't I? Right. And so, and it, it was really helpful because it, like that coupled with my obsession with climbing, really helped facilitate my recovery. And um, it was like, it took me a while to, like, to walk again. Uh, I spent 81 days in the hospital that year, going from the ICU to a stroke and spinal rehabilitation center, uh-huh. and then uh, a straight-up like rehab place for a few weeks, and then I had to do some rehab on some layer surgeries, and I just obsessed about climbing, just gave me focus, like, I can, I can do this. Where was your family in all this? Well, my twin brother came to visit me a few times. I'm one of six kids. Okay. I'm the fifth, and... My parents live on the East Coast. Okay. My mom lives in, she was living in Vermont at the time. Now she lives in Tennessee. And then my dad lives in New York. And so they flew out and saw me and then, and then flew back. (laughs) They're like, well, hopefully he's not too retarded. (laughs) (laughs) So what happened to your head? Um, so I damaged my occipital lobe. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and I also had a stroke when I initially got to the ICU, my brain started swelling. Mm -hmm. I had like classic climber syndrome where you don't send and then your head gets all big. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) doesn't your head get big after you send that too? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh And so they were really worried that I was going to die. And then, so I had a stroke and was like, (laughs) And one of the things was because I cracked my head so hard and like I was bleeding on the back of my head for a while, I damaged my occipital lobe, which controls your, uh, your balance and sense of vision. So for, for a while, when I got tired, I'd see double and, um, it's definitely like kind of clumsy for a little bit. And one of the worst parts about it was like, um, because of the brain damage, every time I walk by a microwave. I shit myself and forget my name. <laughs> it's really hard to make popcorn. <laughs> so, rehab. Mm-hmm. How long does it take? Uh, so, I started climbing 381 days later. I went back to Joshua Tree and... 381? Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. Not that I wasn't <laughs> counting or anything. Um, but, <clears throat> I went back to Joshua Tree... I fell on a bunch of stuff that I'd free soloed before, and 
I slowly got back into it. So are you like having balance issues still or are you just weak? Oh, both. Both. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's hard to really, it's hard to always pinpoint why you suck. Right. Yeah. But I tried to just think of it as, oh, I'm just, you know, not in good shape or something. Like, I'm sure my body limited me, but I never told myself that was why I couldn't do anything. It was always because of... Actually, I just didn't give myself any excuses. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can do this. Sure. I just didn't. I got to try it again. So it wasn't freaky? It. What? Going climbing again. Oh, yeah. Like, what kind of memories did you have of pitching off of that climb? I don't know. Not very good ones. No. <laughs> Luckily, the brain just wiped those clean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the kind of thing where I was really scared. and But... Uh, I've always been really scared of rock climbing. It's scary. Right. And uh, it's one of the things I've always liked is I feel really insecure about myself. Most of the time I don't have much confidence in my ability. So rock climbing gives me a chance to be like, okay, I can do this. Like believe in yourself and you can do it, James. And then I'll do it. And uh, I feel good about myself and I feel like, oh, um, I'm a cop. I'm confident. I can do these things. And that was a big part of the reason why I like soloing was because it's such an insecure, you're stepping into like an insecure world and you're trying to like be solid in it and feel comfortable. So did this deter you from that? From soloing? Yeah. Uh, a little bit. I I was just like, well, if I fall soloing again, I really don't want to live. That was, it was hard to come back from mm-hmm. it. Um, and so that was more my fear. Right. I actually went back to Joshua Tree a few years ago and went and uh, soloed the North Overhang. This time I didn't fall. I might be the world's only Red Point soloist. <laughs> <laughs> you could put that down as my claim to fame. I'm write I'd like down. to see Honnold back that one up. Red point <laughs> soloing. Uh-huh. So what were you thinking when you soloed that thing? Mm-hmm. Um, like, exactly why I said, oh, I don't want to fall. It would suck to be back in the hospital, lying on my back for eight weeks, shitting in a, like, plastic bin. I mean, it wasn't as glamorous as climbing El Cap. <laughs> Shitting in a paper bag. Yeah. <laughs> Step down from that. Yeah, it was. It was like a notch down in your in the poop. Right. <laughs> Syndrome. Plus, somebody has to come and get it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was. Yeah. That I was spent. Awkward. I spent a month in the hospital when uh, when I was a kid for a motorcycle accident. Oh, really? And that, uh, more than anything else, just like mortified me hmm. that I'd have to hand this like pan full of my crap over to this nice woman that was taking care of me and she had to go like get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Like as a, I was in eighth grade and that was like the worst part of it. Oh, eighth it was, grade. Yeah. Eighth grade. Yeah. That so was like before you sent the free rider. Just before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By about, I don't know, 30 some years. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, not quite 20 some years. Mm, okay. Yeah. Pre. I mean, that's the way I look at my life. Yeah. There's, there's, PFR and AFR. Yeah. So that was PFR. PFR. Totally. Nice. You've climbed the free rider, no? 
Uh, I've climbed the French Freerider. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, so it's like the the uh, version of the Freerider before it gets expatriated, like before you take the French out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so what you do is I like went from the gr- I tried it a bunch of spring. And I went from the ground. I climbed to the boulder problem, which is like pitch 23. And I didn't send the boulder problem. And I was like, oh, fuck. Well, I might as well go to the top because at least I'm climbing El Cap. And so I kept climbing and I like pulled on some gear and hung a little bit. But I led every pitch in like 18 hours. Nice. Yeah. So hopefully actually send it sometime this fall in all seriousness i've told tons of people just to go do that yeah because why not yeah you know free 99 percent of it anyway yeah yeah it's pretty cool there's actually the the free riders pretty rad i kind of feel like uh a lot of people who go climbing in yosemite and want to be like hot shot free climbers, all they see is El Cap mm-hmm. and they see stuff like the free rider and they're like, I want to climb the free rider. But really there's a lot better rock climbs in Yosemite mm-hmm. that aren't on El Cap. Like the quality of the climbing is better. Like, um, the quantum mechanic on Washington's column, mm-hmm. uh, is a great route. The, the Westy face on the leaning tower is amazing. There's a bunch of routes on Fifi Buttress. Um, yeah, there's just higher quality climbing elsewhere that doesn't s- smell like shit. Yeah, <laughs> 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 piss. <laughs> yeah, but it's all cat, man. Come on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. Like, dude, don't just look at El Cap. Look at the entire Yosemite. Okay. Yeah. All Bigger right. picture, Chris. All right. Yeah. Now that you've sent the free rider. Now that can... I sent it in either 2006 or 2008. Uh-huh. Yes. Right. I, I don't think I'll ever go back. Yeah. I guess you don't have to. I don't have to. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. It's a done deal. Mm-hmm. All right, James. What else you got? Anything else? Oh, I, we got to talk about your blog. I really want to be a professional writer someday. Actually, I'm pretty close to being a professional writer. Actually, No. I'm not a, pretty close to being a professional writer. I am a professional writer. Really? Yeah, really. What do you got? A bunch of lies. Nice. Mm-hmm. You you have a you have a blog, uh, Life of a Walking Monkey. Mm-hmm. It's at jamesclucas.blogspot.com. <laughs> yep. Why don't you just get your own domain, dude? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, let's put that down as it's on your to do list right here. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I started a long time ago. Right. And uh, that was, you know, before the internet. It's time to, yeah. <laughs> you started a blog before the internet. Yeah. Impressive. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it was back before Al Gore invented the internet. And before, it was uh, uh, PFR, too. PFR. Yeah, uh-huh. before I climbed the free rider. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So you're becoming a professional rider, is that what I understand? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm, so I write... I do a bunch of freelance stuff. I write a blog for the Touchstone Climbing Gyms, which is basically about how to play and like stuff about the climbing gyms in the San Francisco climbing community. And actually, it's kind of like California climbing community now. They're opening eight gyms. 
or they're opening their eighth gym. Then I'm working on a book with uh, Dean Feilman, John Long, and um, doing some stuff with Cedar Wright as well about the climbers in Yosemite and Joshua Tree from the late 90s to the early 2000s, essentially the the stone monkeys. The stone monkeys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. So We're going to mythologize the stone monkeys. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm pretty much going to try and, like, when you, like, pick up when you open the book you're suddenly gonna have this like faint tingling sensation of uh-huh. like on your anus of smoke being blown up your ass <laughs> <laughs> that is funny huh like mm-hmm. doesn't that sound pleasant it does it sounds lovely actually and you know what is probably gonna happen some kids can read the book mm-hmm and he's going to go from, like, growing up on the East Coast, mm-hmm. and he's going to go to California and start learning how to rock climb and be like, this is how you do it. And then he's going to go to Joshua Tree, and he's going to fall so long. <laughs> and you'll be like, vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, ha! Ha! You little fucker. <laughs> no, seriously, you guys are writing this book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm probably... I've got, like... I think 25,000 words. So about half of the content. I'm getting some articles from, yeah, lots of people in the, in kind of that climbing community. Uh-huh. Evo, Stanley, uh, Cedar, myself, Jens Holston, uh, Leo, Dean Potter, trying to get Timmy O'Neill to write something. Uh-huh. But he's kind of a lazy motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if you heard that. Some other, some other people, Aaron Jones, people like that. What What's your association with Yosemite? Uh, so I moved there in 2001, uh-huh. and for a year and a half, I initially made beds at the Yosemite Lodge, and then I worked at the Yosemite Mountain Shop, and then I worked for employee recreation for DNC, and I lived there through the winter and. Essentially learned how to climb there. Uh huh. I mean, I showed up with um, John Long's How to Rock Climb book and around like 50 or 60 feet of webbing, figuring that was how I was going to top rope El Cap. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. You set but like an anchor on right. the top. And I got there and I was like, oh, oh, which one's El Cap? And that, that took me like a few days. And then I realized, oh, I'm going to need more webbing. <laughs> I need more webbing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, I started working and saving up money to buy more webbing. And then after a year and a half, I realized, oh, wow, working sucks. Like, if you really want to be a rock climber, the best thing to do is not work and just treat rock climbing like it's your job mm-hmm. and be really psyched about it. Spend 40 hours, 50 hours a week rock climbing. Summer in Tuolumne, where I chopped bolts. Did you really? Yeah, I You're one bolts. of those guys? Uh-huh. Yeah, it was really exciting. Have you climbed the OZ? No. Oh. It's really classic. It's on Drug Dome. And it's got this amazing 10C <clears throat> sp- splitter corner pitch. And in the middle of it, like Dale Bard or whoever did the first ascent, ran out of number one hexes 
and they put in a hanging belay. It was a couple of quarter inches. And so my buddy and I went up there, and we just pulled these old quarter inches out. And Max was, I think he was 18, and I was maybe 20. And we thought they were, we were the shit because we chopped bolts and just informed me. And then it wasn't really a big deal, but then we sprayed about it on Super Topo, and it created a bunch of drama for a little bit. Really? Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> it was pretty entertaining for like a couple of young kids. Be like, oh well, to be getting slagged off on Super Tech. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, wow, we're famous. You can't put them in or take them out, Bolt. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Like yeah. either way, you're gonna lose. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Damned if you do, damned if you uh-huh. don't. Yeah, it's cool. But you clean the root up. Yeah, it's better now. Yeah, I, I kind of like now, like ten years later or whatever. I'm like, oh, that was. It was good that we took out some, like, Genghis Anchor. Right. It was lame that we sprayed about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way it works, man. Mm -hmm. That's the way it works. But Yosemite's becoming more and more of, like, a sport crag. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, every year. Right. You just look at a route like... Oh, I think you've climbed this route, uh, the free route. Yeah, no cap. I have, actually. Either and in 2006 or 2008. Mm-hmm. I'd have to look at my records. Yeah. There's more bolts showing up on that. Like, the blaze on the stuff from Knights of the Round Table to the Summit are getting bolted. There's uh, an additional bolt on the boulder problem because the hole broke. And then on that, uh, the, the corner pitches, the, like, 12B or C corner pitch. Uh, someone, I won't mention any names. Team Potter. Uh, like fixed a bunch of fixed nuts. a bunch of nuts. Right. Which is kind of, which is kind of lame, because, uh, like one of the, the wires on the nuts broke, uh-huh. and so now it's like a, two inch deadhead in the mm-hmm. crack. Mm-hmm. It sucks that it's in there. It's ugly. It's like, well, if you're going to put something in the crack, you should either be able to, like, remove it totally and have it not affect the rock, like a clean form of protection, a stopper mm-hmm. or a or a cam, or make it permanent and long-lasting, like a bolt. That way, if you're going to put something in there that you want to be Permanent, make it like really permanent. Sure, there's no need to. You're doing a disservice by half-assing the job. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel the same way about pins now. It's like, well, you're you're putting a pin in and then you're gonna yank it out, and why why not just place a bolt or place a natural piece of protection? Right. Well, the thing too about pins is they 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 you know obviously get worse over time rock expands contracts with right. time and heat yeah mm-hmm. they'll eventually fall out yeah for sure mm-hmm. so yeah it's a good it's always been sort of a weird ethical question the whole pin thing mm-hmm. but back in the day you weren't even supposed to do that right on well, well let's look forward to this book yeah do you have a working title um great tales by james lucas nice <laughs> <laughs> oh and company do you have uh, a uh, uh there's no working title do you have yeah. a publisher uh, it's still Master Press. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, pretty sick. 
they're gonna they're gonna pass the mantle to the stone monkeys. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. I think so. All right, James. Let's wrap this up, man. Okay. Thanks for sitting down with me. Yeah. It's thanks been a lot. Highly guys. entertaining, and yeah. I definitely want to check in with you uh, another time on the normal cast. Yeah. I I, I want to create a rotating cast of of co-hosts. Oh, yeah. that sounds fun. Yeah. Exactly. You'd be in such esteemed uh, company as as uh, Co- Kelly Cordes. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I've met that guy. Yeah, he's got bad haircuts. Terrible haircut. <laughs> Thanks, James. <laughs> yep. <laughs> See you later. So I've been asking some questions lately on the show about climbing addiction. And Steve Denny's dad, Steve Denny, my sometimes co-host, his dad posted on the website that a better word than addiction is passion. And I thought that pretty much nailed it. And for me, James Lucas is one of those guys that has a true sort of pure passion for climbing that I'm always impressed with. So thanks for listening. I will raise a cold PBR to James Lucas, to Steve Denny, to Steve Denny's dad, and to all y'all out there. Stay passionate, my friends. And as usual, for God's sakes, check your knot. I don't want to sell anything, buy anything, or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed, or buy anything sold or processed, or process anything sold, bought, or processed, or repair anything sold, bought, or processed. You know, it's a career. I don't want to do that. So uh, my father's in the Army. He wants me to join, but I can't work for that corporation. Um, So what I've been doing lately is kickboxing.